This is Waiting for Review, a show about iOS development and the Apple ecosystem. From the UK, I'm Dave Knott, and joining me from New Zealand is Dave Wood. Did you um, did you actually watch the event? No. No, no I, I didn't, didn't. either. <laughs> <laughs> terrible, terrible okay, people, so we'll, um, terrible Apple fans. Well, I guess we'll see how we go then in terms of getting through um, what we want to discuss about it. But yeah, I ended up yeah. just watching... I think I watched one from The Verge. Yeah. It was one of those, like, the Apple event in nine minutes, so I watched that. I, I watched whatever the equivalent was on Mac Rumors. Right, okay. Yeah, they. I remember seeing Mac Rumors were quite quick. There was another one from Digital Trends, and I thought theirs was much better because it was still, like, an eight-minute video, but, but most of it was um, commentary from the person doing the video versus just... Lots of little clips from Apple's event stitched together to make eight minutes. Right. Yeah, I'm not sure I could have. Um, not sure I could have stomached the whole thing. To be quite honest with you, I, I watched because um, the time the event started, it was five p.m. in the UK, and I finished work at five, and I've got like half an hour's drive to get home. And I was like, well, I can't really watch it. But then I had a thought: what if I just um, start the video going on my phone? stick the phone in the glove box and then use mm-hmm. an AirPod to listen to like audio only and uh, not an AirPod, like paired it with a car just to listen to the yeah. audio. And yeah, that worked. I managed to get the first 25 minutes and then I lost signal as I got near to home because signal sucks here. But it was a bit, yeah, it was a bit hard work, <laughs> I thought, listening to it. <laughs> um, oh man. I mean, we can get into the detail in, in a second, but I think there's a piece here for me in terms of like uh, when I... uh as I caught up with sort of like all the bits and bobs as, as everybody started tweeting about them and, you know, different sites started giving it coverage. Uh, so secondhand, I never bothered to, to, to watch it. It just didn't feel like it was going to be worth my effort in some ways. Um, yeah. And as all the bits came out, I think I've sort of felt validated in that to a degree. Uh, it just, it's a collection of services that there wasn't really a dev angle and I think that left me feeling a bit bit high and dry in some ways. Yeah, and I think even as a consumer, you could have, you know, disregarding the, the lack of dev angle, as a consumer, you could have looked at that event and have been like, well, that's great, but you haven't actually told me what it's going to cost, um, <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. And then you could be like, well, all right then, maybe see you again in, in the winter, maybe when you're ready to tell us some actual you know, details on it. But yeah, it just felt, felt odd. The whole thing felt odd. Yeah. And I, I I did try watching the thing. I got home, ever went to bed reasonably early, and I thought, oh, maybe I'll maybe I'll stay up and put on the um the the uh, Apple Events app on the Apple TV and watch it properly. Yeah. And I started. I picked up from where I left off about twenty minutes in, and I was just like, oh, I'm just so bored. <laughs> I can't <laughs> I can't sit through another hour. And I don't know how long it was. I think it said like an hour and twenty five minutes left or something from oh, twenty minutes in. That's quite. Quite a long haul, really, to get through all of that. I mean, like, I mean, obviously, if that's that's your thing, you, you're going to be glued to it. But uh, part of me actually wonders who it was really for, sort of from what I've gleaned and seen of it as well. Like, not so sure it was really a thing that wows consumers overall. I mean, some of it will be, you know, key points in terms of stuff being available. Um, you know, thinking about like the Apple Apple TV, the app being available on multiple platforms, I guess that's kind of cool. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I feel like this is more of a statement of intent 
to the industry than it necessarily is to consumers from what I've seen of it. It did feel to be a bit, but yeah, it felt sort of like a bit of a love letter to Hollywood in a way. Yeah. Because think about the people that they're trying to attract. Um, like they had Jennifer Anderson on stage, Oprah. And while they're very significant people in the industry, there's still a lot more people in the industry I'm sure they'd like to reach, but it's kind of hard to do it when the whole thing is shrouded in secrecy. And maybe it, to an extent that doesn't doesn't really wash with Hollywood so well. Because, I mean, the leaks have been pretty accurate and fast with what we've had so far because I mean, you know in, in in the months that led up to this it was like, oh yeah they've you know signed this show they've signed that show jennifer anderson's involved oprah's involved um it's almost like the leaks are much harder to contain when you're dealing with hollywood it's almost like the cat was getting out of the bag anyway so they had to say something was the impression yeah. i the overall impression i got from it but i could be wrong so sort of like front footing it as it were yeah and it now gives them uh, you know people in hollywood now can can talk about it. It can, it can kind of be the gossip of the town among you know people that are important in Hollywood, and versus it just being this rumor that oh Apple are going to do something. Now it's like Apple are doing this, and these people are involved, and maybe we should get involved too. Kind of thing. It might spur that kind of response from people in Hollywood. I don't know. I mean, I know nothing about Hollywood and how it works, but that's kind of that was my hot take on it for what that's worth. Well, that makes sense. That does make sense. So do you want to start at the beginning? Yeah, that that sounds like a good good way of doing doing it, and then we can kind of like. You know, zoom through the bits that are just not really our thing. So all of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's the case, that's the case. Well, thanks um, for listening, guys. See you next week. <laughs> yeah, cheers. Bye. All right, then. Apple News. <laughs> Apple News. So I think that this is probably a good service if you're somebody who already buys the Sunday papers or who used to buy the Sunday papers. It sort yeah. of felt to me like that's kind of its its niche. What is it, nine ninety nine a month, which also includes um, family sharing by default, which I thought was you know, quite generous. I mean, it's still a lot of money for newspapers and magazines to me. But then, like you say, I'm not. I I don't buy magazines or read the Sunday papers, so maybe I'm not not the right person to be pitching yeah. this to. But I thought the whole idea that it seemed like family sharing by default, it almost seemed, was quite quite a nice um, angle on it. Yeah, very much. It's the sort of thing that I would feel. I'd feel happier to do that. And then it's like, okay, oh, I've read this. I can say to my wife, you know, hey, I've read that. And then she's not got to get, but not behind a block in terms of going and having a look because we're on family sharing already, you know, so we can kind of share stuff between each other then and that that would be useful. So although it's not how I consume news right now, I can kind of see the utility of it. So I'm kind of interested to see how far it goes. Yeah. And I suppose if you're saying, oh, you know, like, your wife's got it and then maybe someone else in your family, like a couple of kids or whatever, that then in your head you can start saying, well, it's only $2.50 each per month. That's actually quite good value. So when you when you sort of throw family sharing into the mix, the value proposition gets a lot sweeter and a lot... I think it's easier to justify. Yeah. If, it was, if it's nine ninety nine each and there's four of you, that's $40. But, you know, nine ninety nine among four of you, suddenly, oh, two fifty each, good value. Yeah, yeah okay, so... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and especially as well if you already had a, a subscription for getting like Sunday papers or something like that, then it's probably going to win in terms of its cost and, and versus the amount that you'll get. So what is, this, what is a Sunday paper these days? I should, I, I mean, I used to be a paper boy like 15, 20 years ago, but yeah. <laughs> I think, I think you're like one pound 30 a go. There must be a lot more by now. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, that's yeah. so you must, you must be even, even if that's, um, if that's doubled, do you know, you must be into the, um, 
into the getting near to sort of ten pounds kind of mark. Plus, if you have the weekdays as well. Yeah. So yeah, there's a definite niche here, and they've they've kind of um, gone after it in, in quite a good way. Yeah. I, I guess I would just need to consume news in a very very different way. Yeah. I mean, I, I was watching the whole news thing, thinking, is like my read list app idea about to be Sherlocked kind of thing. Um, <laughs> don't think that's turned out to be the case. Um, so that's sort of a relief. Yeah, the way I consume news is very different to how Apple News provides me news. Um, for like news news, I just go to the BBC. And and for me, that just satisfies all of my sort of news needs. I think they're fairly balanced and you know they're globally quite well respected. Um, so that's that's kind of good for me. I don't feel like I need to check out loads of other publications to make sure the BBC aren't sort of spinning me a, a false story or a you know a biased narrative. Um, maybe I'm a bit naive in that front. I don't know. But I think beyond sort of world news that like the papers provide, mostly I'm reading kind of tech blogs, tech sites, things like that, and that to me is where RSS comes into its own. So. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm particularly in the market for, for what they're offering. Um, the magazine sounds nice, but I don't know what honestly what magazines are even available um, or, or even what I'd read in terms of a magazine these days. I'm just so out of touch with it. Mm. But they said, was it 300 magazines you get with the subscription for nine ninety nine a month, which includes the newspapers as well? How is everyone getting paid? Is what is, was kind of like my question from that. If you've got 300 magazines and newspapers, how are they getting a reasonable amount of money? Yeah, I don't out know. Of, out of that subscription. Surely it must work at some level, otherwise no one would have agreed to it. Or unless it was a move made out of desperation on the publisher's part. So I don't know. But. Yeah, I don't know. And then how are they going to hand off back into their their own sites and that side of stuff as well? Like what that's going to look like? Or whether you're just going to get a very shallow kind of part of what they normally offer could be another um, way of them doing it yeah i think i read somewhere that like with regards to the newspapers the content that you would get for apple news would be some some of the stuff but then it might be if you want the full like newspaper edition you have to still subscribe to the individual publication like the wall street journal or whatever yeah so it might be that within apple news you get like the business section and you get the some other section that's that are popular sections of the publication but not necessarily all of the publication yeah i don't know it's it's it's, it's going to be interesting for me to watch i don't i can't see myself ever paying 9.99 for that i mean i wouldn't even no. pay 9.99 for spotify <laughs> so um so i mean there's something there i guess to consider like okay so if we because i think actually that's probably representative of quite a lot of our generations in terms of how we approach news and, and not really having like you know, papers on Sunday and all of that sort of stuff. And, and for me, it sort of feels like that's kind of something that more uh, the generation slightly older than me that's sort of in in their kind of mid 40s onwards would kind of do. Uh, and I might be generalizing quite a lot here. So apologies if I've offended somebody at 20 years old who's got the Sunday papers. But, um, but there's something in there in terms of how over the long term are they going to kind of like um bring new customers in you know what what's the tipping point what's the attraction that, that then sort of like pulls pulls people like uri into this and i guess you know that I, I am probably missing something here just in terms of my own blind spots and you know maybe there's a whole 
generation of people around me who are actually still buying newspapers, but mm, I'm not I sure. Feel in a lot of ways, I've transitioned to YouTube. Yeah. So it's almost like the whole medium has shifted now to, to video versus newspapers. What I used to get from newspapers and magazines, I now get from YouTube, I think, because mm. a lot of the news channels have clips of their live news that end up on YouTube. And there are so many tech channels on YouTube. Um, I, I just feel like I can get an awful lot from that without the need to spend, you know, in to, to get sort of like a newspaper magazine style medium. I think it's the it's not the fact that I have to pay nine ninety nine. I think it's just the fact that the medium doesn't necessarily appeal to me in the same way as it might do to others. Right. So what was next? Apple Card, wasn't it? Apple Card. Okay. So that's interesting. Just in terms of what that then gives Apple and the wallet on your phone and everything else that sort of moves them into uh, controlling even more of the sort of ecosystem around Apple Pay. And that side of things, if you sort of consider what that means for for people who have the Apple Card, yeah. Hmm. Uh, I I don't know. I feel very um very odd about the Apple Card, just because it's a credit card, and I've got quite strong feelings about credit cards in general and taking on debt in general. Yeah. So I don't feel like I can ever really get behind this under any circumstances. Um. Yeah. I mean that they tried to. The pitch they gave on stage was, oh, you know, there's no late fees and this and that, and we're going to be super nice. And then if you scroll to the bottom of their page for Apple Card in the footnote, you'll see the interest rates range from 13 to 24%. Yeah. Depending on your credit worthiness. <laughs> so, um, so you're, you're going to get hit if you don't kind of pay it off as soon as. Yeah. And I guess this really suits somebody who's going to use it and pay it off each month. Yeah, but that's every credit card user ever, isn't it, that says they're going to do that and then doesn't. Exactly, yeah. And I mean, you know, uh, from what I remember now from uh, in the UK before moving over here to New Zealand, uh, we seem to go through phases of there being cards that would offer 0% uh, for a period of time in terms of like the interest that's charged on the balance. And then they would make their money out of kind of almost like a, a loan kind of system if you transferred a big outstanding balance so you kind of got two models you've got the the people who have maxed themselves out and they're kind of just transferring it from card to card to sort of use as a um as a loan essentially and then you've got at the other end that what we said before the people who are using credit card for everything to get the benefits and then clearing it um and just not spending on debit essentially and I, I kind of feel like the the method of, of using a credit card and then clearing is more common in some ways in, in the States. Uh, yeah, possibly. I, I think my issue is it with it is, is that it kind of abstracts away the feeling of spending money. Yeah. Therefore, you're likely to spend more. So even when people say, oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm clearing it straight away, so it's fine. It's kind of like, yeah, but you're, you're still without probably without realizing it, spending more than you otherwise would. Um, because it's a been soft studies- limit. Yeah, there's studies that have been done. If you pay by cash, like that kind of it hurts when you pay for things. It's like, damn it, that's my real money going. Yeah, you pay you pay with a debit card. Some of that feeling goes away, but it's because you know it's directly linked to the money you have in your bank. It still hurts a little bit, and then you take it to a credit card, and that feeling is then abstracted even further away. So, what does that do when it's just on your phone? Well, yeah, that's like another layer, isn't it? On top of that, Um, and I know they're doing. Oh, you know, you get cash back. Is it two percent daily cash or three percent if you buy from the Apple Store? 
um, again, more tools to make you spend more money, essentially, because Apple are not going to be giving away money. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you could convince yourself that you could game the system somehow, but in aggregate, this system kind of relies on people being the ones that don't game the system and kind of have to pay these really high interest rates. And I just, I'm just uncomfortable with it in general, as you can probably tell. Yeah, no, I've got similar misgivings, to be honest. I'm not keen for having any level of, of debt. And credit cards are a very quick way to to make that happen if you're not careful. Uh, I also sort of feel like this is an expansion into another side of the ecosystem, and like in general, you know, this is, and I think that's a statement for all of these services. It's Apple expanding into into other territories to the side of what they do or what have traditionally been to the side. So, this is a move that I see that very very much benefits apple first and that sort of feels quite quite transparent to me i mean there's obvious utility there if you are one of those people who you know pays on credit card takes the benefits clears it and you manage that perfectly fine well now you've got um a car that integrates nicely with your phone and gives you uh balance and readouts and things like that the the you know tools to sort of track what you're doing that's going to be useful uh, for me, yeah, not my thing. I, I'm just not the target customer, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't. I credit cards make me really uncomfortable. Um, just in general, any kind of personal debt makes me hugely uncomfortable. I mean, I hate the fact that I have a mortgage, but I have no other choice. That's the only way I'm going to yep. get to property ownership. Yeah, but I just think I really don't like credit cards. I think if you were to speak to anyone who's become like a millionaire and ask them how they got there. They're not going to tell you, oh, well, it's because I got cash back on my Apple credit card. It's probably because they were a lot smarter than that. So, <laughs> yeah. um, I do, I feel like this is going to become status symbol stuff as well, quite quickly, just in terms of how like the, the card is manufactured and that side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? Uh, is it titanium or something? Titanium sheet. Yeah. It's very, uh, kind of high end aspirational and all of that sort of thing. So, yeah, I'm just not the target customer, I think. So No, me neither. Cool. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Next. Although I would say what I what I would say just looking at everything it's got in terms of the dash and that side of things, it would be interesting to see if other card companies could eventually use that side of the system. And if that was the case and it could link into what I do with my debit card and how I normally spend money and give me readouts there, that would be useful, especially if I could sort of have a very good joint kind of view of that with um with our household account so yeah i mean I, I could i guess it could become more useful to me if the features it has were actually able to be unlocked and used by other cards and other banks mm-hmm. yeah i can go for that right what was next um uh, apple arcade apple arcade so cool this is the kind of gaming platform that is going to be everywhere by the time it's done in terms of being available on Mac, on iPad, on iPhone, and Apple TV. And what is this? It's a subscription. Only certain titles are going to be available inside of there, uh, ranging from publishing houses, including Disney, Sega, Lego, Cartoon Network, and Konami. So I like the 
it has no in-app purchases, there's no ads, so it's kind of like, it's almost everything we've been asking for in a way. If you think over the course of this show, we've been moaning a lot about the, the nature of iOS games and how kind of tacky they can be in that regard. Yep. So it's almost like a safe zone in a way, isn't well, it, for for gaming? Um, yeah, and, and it has family sharing baked into it for the one subscription fee as well. Yeah, but we don't know what that fee is. No. They didn't announce a price, so... <laughs> mm. <laughs> I think it's going to be more than nine ninety nine a month. I've got, I've got a... Yeah, I've got an inkling it might be as well. Um, that's, that's fine, though, I guess. We'll have to wait and see. Um, what stuck out to me was the fact that you could do it on the Mac, the Apple TV, the iPad, and the iPhone. So I, um, I guess... I, is Marzipan going to play any role in this? I don't know that it will, given that it's gaming and not sort of UI kit, but um, interesting that the Apple TV is going to get some uh, attention on the gaming side, because it, it has always felt to me that that Apple TV is, you think about the tech that they've got in the iPad Pros, and I think on stage they even compared it to an Xbox One or something. Yeah. And it's like, well, surely if you can put that in an iPad, you can put that in an Apple TV that's connected to mains power that you can make bigger if you want to, and people probably won't care. And let it run full throttle. Yeah, and it's like you've yeah. almost got a games console there, Apple, without realising it. And you've got this kind of version of Steam called the App Store that you could use to distribute your games, and now they're doing yep. things like Apple Arcade. I don't I don't know. It, it makes me wonder whether... I think you know, this, one, one this could be quite cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of excited for it. I think if the Apple TV could chip with a gaming controller one day, then who knows? Um, yeah, that that would be that would be the big thing. I mean, I've um, I would hope that this comes to uh, the the Apple TV that I've got, which has now been uh, has a name change over to the Apple TV HD. Uh, yeah, but so it was the the first generation to to have apps. Um, so the one that we've got, right? I think so. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, and and so. Yeah, provided I can run it on that, I'd, I'd be interested in giving it a go. Certainly, if it came with a, a trial period and that that sort of thing, uh, the controller would make all the difference for using it on the Apple TV. Yeah, and I can vouch for that because we got the um, the Nimbus controller, and it com- it completely changes the experience. It does feel once you get into the game and you forget you're playing on an Apple TV, it does feel like you're playing on a games console. I, I thoroughly yeah. recommend that approach if you've got a need for it or and a game that can work with it. It's, it's really good. I mean, to, to that end, I, I would want two-player games as well because that's that's kind of how our, our kids are playing and it's nice as well for me to be able to hop on every now and again and play play with one or the other of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have tournaments with, with older games and that sort of thing sometimes and that's quite fun. So I'd, I'd like to have that sort of utility with it so i'm hoping that this gives more of sort of those kind of games more family friendly kind of games and that sort of thing a bit more of a chance and looking at this it, that is the aim right they're talking about um the uh games that uh will be there will have to be great for families and respect user privacy not have ads no additional purchases is very much all of the things that I hate about mobile gaming when my kids interact with it kind of taken away. So, hmm, depending on pricing, this could actually be something we would look at. Yeah. 
No, that's definitely probably of all the things that have been announced, this is probably the thing I'm going to watch with most interest. Yeah. I would say. I think there's a um, there is a de- developer angle on this, and Apple is asking developers interested to contact them. There's a um, developer.apple.com/apple-arcade, and I've not had a look over there, but I'm guessing that this is going to be very much a case of you um, contacting Apple and being vetted, you know, for all of those requirements that they've said um, apps will have to have. I don't think it's just going to be you submit and go through um, go through a regular review. There's going <laughs> no. to be a much different kind of process to actually get in the arcade. Yeah. Um, if I look at the site now, it says, we're looking for games that redefine games. Big old button there that says, tell us about it. So... This could be cool. This could be very interesting for um, indie uh, startups and and sort of smaller games makers as well. Because if you had an idea that could potentially have been like a, a monument, mal- a, a monument valley, a paid up front kind of app with a lot of you know beauty to it, or or some sort of very specific mechanism or something that didn't necessarily need to be um, in app purchase sort of driven coming through the arcade could be uh, a good way of getting that out there. And yeah, get to a huge like, audience. Yeah, yeah. And and, and so I, this is another thing about there being a lead time on it as well, means that people who are already kind of nearly there or they have an MVP or an idea that's sort of some way in progress could potentially have time to pivot as well to sort of explore what's possible and, and see whether they could actually go through the arcade and then kind of be there on day one. So I think if people, if developers were in that sort of position now uh, and could potentially think about pivoting away from sort of, you know, freemium models or something to actually make a sort of more rounded game for, for the arcade, then I think that would be something worth exploring. Yeah, one to watch. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, i say it's probably, probably the thing I'm most interested in watching. Uh, close second, I guess, would be the TV channels, which I guess we can get into Um yeah. Which was, was like the last thing they spoke about. Um, so what was it? Apple TV Plus is the uh, is going to be the the service, right? But again, yeah. we don't we don't have any pricing, so I don't know whether I want it or not. <laughs> so yeah, and t- until they show us what the pricing is going to be, I don't feel like I can make any kind of decision about whether it's something I'm likely to subscribe to. Um, I mean, we spoke about about it a little while ago on the show, and. I think we said that, or I said rather that I I already feel oversubscribed to things. Yeah. Currently pay for Netflix and Amazon Prime. And to me, that's enough slash possibly too much. I should maybe only have one or the other. Um, But I I don't know, watching the the Apple event, it seemed very sort of centered around the American cable market. Yep. In that um, they were talking about this is aside from the Apple TV Plus service. They were just talking about how the Apple TV app on the Apple TV is going to change and you'll be able to get more channels within it. So different content providers that you sign up for can have their content pulled into the Apple TV app and they put up a slide of all the content providers that are going to work with them and I barely recognised any of them. It was almost like the, the the sort of names that you get if you get cable TV in America. Yep. Um, so I guess if, is that more a case of process of elimination, then this is everybody except for 
Well, yeah. I mean, the thing is, for me, if I'm only subscribing to Amazon Prime and Netflix, and Netflix refuses to work with Apple on this, which they are, yes, uh, then 50% of the things I subscribe to aren't going to show up in the Apple TV app, which makes it kind of useless for me. I can see it making more sense, like, if you're going to try and get rid of your cable subscription in America and then individually resubscribe to the content providers. So you yep. could say, oh, I just want Stars and Showtime and maybe, H- and maybe HBO, and I'll sign up for those three and yep. hopefully save money overall versus paying a big cable bill where I'm paying for everything, but I don't use most of it. Yeah, you, you can sort of choose what you want a bit better. Yeah, exactly. And then those things get pulled into the Apple TV app and it's all in one place versus having to bounce between lots and lots of different apps. Yeah. But in my case where I don't subscribe to any of the individual things like that, I just do Amazon Prime and Netflix. It's kind of a bit like, well, what, what do I do when Netflix doesn't want to play ball? Okay. Look, looking at this, it, it kind of looks like Amazon Prime is going to be in there. Yeah, it is. Okay. So you would get the Apple TV app plus Amazon Prime would be fed through it. So yeah. that might change how you um, how you access that content. I already have that though, and I don't use it. <laughs> it's been right, like that for okay. months. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's it's the other people coming in on board with it now. Is is kind of the news, I guess, like the Showtime, HBO, Stars, etc. Yeah, Amazon Prime has been there for as long as they've had an Apple TV app. Um, and yeah, for me, it's like well, this is great. I can see my Amazon stuff and some stuff from like BBC iPlayer gets thrown into the mix as well, but. I need Netflix in there as well, otherwise this is pointless. I, I guess wonder. if you don't have Netflix, but you have all the other stuff to replace your cable package, then maybe it could be good. I, I feel like they need to make a deal with Netflix here, because that would be the thing, I think, that draws a lot of people in. I just don't see it happening at this stage. No, it seems it like does... Netflix are on their own path, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, very much. Uh, and, and I'm still considering whether we should cancel netflix or or not to be honest and and well i'm considering whether to or not to rest netflix for a while just in terms of kind of running out of uh of catalog that i'm really interested with it it's funny every time i think i'm running out of something something pops up in like the featured bit when you first turn it on which is like obviously the show they want everyone to watch and more often than not something pops up just at the right time and then i'm like oh yeah i'll watch that and then i get into it which keeps me going. So it's quite smart on their part to keep that level keep of a content. Steady flow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, See, so yeah, I, I haven't really felt that with Netflix. So I feel like I should cancel it. Um, Amazon Prime, maybe a bit more in terms yep. of the video. But then Amazon, it's like, well, I don't want to cancel it because then I'll lose my free shipping and I'll lose the Amazon Music on the Echoes that we've got in the house. So they kind of, they've kind of got us as well. I was just going to say, without knowing what Apple are going to charge for their um, content. Obviously, if you want to have HBO and Stars and whatever, you're going to have to make your own deals with those content providers, right? And then you know, have a subscription and then download their apps and then it should feed into the Apple TV app. But yeah, for Apple's own content, without them releasing any pricing, I, I don't really feel like I can make any decision right now as to whether it's even feasible or something I could consider. Looking at, at this though in terms of how the Apple TV app itself is going to be available, I think that's quite interesting. So it's not just going to be available on the Apple TV. Um, it's going to be available on on other on smart TVs. Yeah. Um, and over on Roku and Amazon devices as well. And being on Roku also means it'll end up on more TVs as well. 
Yeah. Because I think on stage they said it's gonna they're gonna be on is it Samsung, LG and Vizio TVs? Yeah, and Sony as well. And Sony, yeah, thank you. And then they put up another slide that said, Oh, and also we'll be on Amazon Fire and Roku. But Roku also are uh, it can there's TVs that come pre baked with Roku, like the the is it the TCL TVs? They're quite affordable TVs. Uh, I think they're from China. Right. And they all come with Roku out of the box. So that basically means that loads more TVs that come with Roku out of the box are going to have this as well. So that's, um, yeah, that was quite a, a revealing announcement, I thought, mm. in terms of their strategy. It's like if they're going to spend all this money on content, they almost don't care where people get it as long as they get it. Yeah. So I suppose... That answers the question, are they making this to sell more Apple TV boxes? No, no, they're not. <laughs> this yeah. is this is a services deal, pure and simple. They want to make more money from services. They're not worried about selling more Apple TVs through this. I mean, no. I'm sure it'd be nice if they sell more, but that's not the main motivation, clearly. It's obviously the, the strongest play, uh, yeah. just overall. And, and I think that that's uh, it's fairly obvious. Having got an Apple TV, I can I can see it. And, and and that's sort of linked to the fact that, you know, whilst I do have a couple of apps on there, they're all orientated around playing media, you know, and the games sort of side of it, well, as we said before, the arcade thing might change that, but at, at the moment, the game side of things on Apple TV is is pretty dull, pretty, pretty nothing, um, unless you've got a controller hooked up and you're using one of the the games that do actually support it but it's pretty yeah, pretty barren i think really in some ways yeah um so yeah it stands to reason this that you know the future of it really is about the delivery of content and that side of things so it doesn't surprise me that apple's sort of getting into to that side of it all and having their own contents and their own app own means to sort of push that content uh yeah i guess it makes sense that it's going to be available on other platforms as well it kind of surprises me that they're doing that almost on day one in some ways with all of this. Uh, that That's quite cool, uh, quite aggressive. You know, it's, it's, they're not just trialing it over on Apple products and then bringing it out. It's, it's very much, you know, we know what we're doing with this and this is how this service is going to be launched. Uh, so, so that's, that's quite interesting. That's, that's the side of Apple that, um, it's not always seen. No, you're right. Mm. Uh, well, there we go. We've yeah. reached the end. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've been really negative this episode. Um, yeah. I yeah, me too. apologise if, uh, <laughs> if that's annoyed anyone. I just feel like a lot of this stuff isn't really for me. But that doesn't mean to say it's not for everybody, I suppose. Um, I guess, and we spoke about this on uh, on Slack to each other privately, that just i just kind of like i just want a good mac event basically i yes. want there to be an event where they roll out the mac pro and they roll out this new macbook pro and that to me is how i identify with apple this all this stuff feels a little bit like well this is apple getting distracted from what i care about um so i guess as apple grows it's you know gone gone are the days where it was a you know struggling to survive and sort of the underdog and then obviously they had their success with the iPod and the iPhone I think they're in a very different space now and I guess they've got to keep Wall Street happy and subscriptions is where 
people are making a lot of money these days and so i guess and services so i suppose we're going to see more of this yeah um, but i guess that doesn't mean to say that you know the apple we identify with is gone in any way i just think it's expanding and i think if they expand in the right way so that they don't take people away from you know the mac and the iphone and the ipad projects and this is almost like a company within a company kind of thing yep um i, I guess it can work out but yeah apologies if i've been overly negative <laughs> just watching it watching the event just thinking like oh, this isn't this isn't what i'm used to <laughs> i i felt like that though the other year when we had bits announced at the the keynote for wwdc that that had nothing to do with development really they're around services uh i'm trying to remember the specifics now i think it was the apple music launch uh and and there's a whole segment that just didn't enthuse me within that keynote and so i guess i wonder well okay if this has had its own event you know services is so big now that we've got all of this stuff going on and it's its own thing, its own event, then that kind of means it's not going to happen inside of WWDC in the keynote then. So I'm really looking forward to sort of what we get in June because Sorry, of that. I can't you know. wait. I can't yeah, wait. I put uh, the week off work. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, this, this means that we can sort of look forward to that and think, well, they're not going to have a big old segment about Apple TV in, in that because we've had that with this with this event. So that leaves more room for for development in the dub dub keynote. So that's a very good point. And hardware. That's something hopefully. to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, all I need is a, a Mac Pro announcement and the MacBook Pro and then they've got probably about three to four years of unconditional love from me. I think yeah. at that point. <laughs> yeah. Likewise, really. Uh, it's not gonna be that hard to please me. Yeah. Well, here's the dub dub. Okay, we'll call that a wrap. If you've enjoyed today's show, it'd be great if you could leave us a review on iTunes or if you could leave us a recommendation in Overcast by hitting that star button. That will help us reach even more like-minded people. Um, Also, we have our Slack channel. We'd love to invite you to join. Our hope is it can be a really great place for fellow developers to come and hang out. If you'd like to join, uh, just leave us a message on Twitter at WFRpodcast and we'll get you signed up. So, Dave, before we run off, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at DWRoboHeads, that's RoboHeads spelt with a Z. And you can find my apps at RoboHeads.com, again that's RoboHeads spelt with a Z. How about you Dave? You can follow me online at DaveNot.co.uk or on Twitter, I'm at underscore DaveNot.com.